Section twenty three of a Lear of the Steps, etc. by Ivan Turgenev. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Asia, part nine. Asia met us in the very doorway of the house. I expected a laugh again, but she came to meet us, pale and silent, with downcast eyes. Here he is again, Gagin began, and he wanted to come back of his own accord. Observe. Asia looked at me inquiringly. It was my turn now to hold out my hand, and this time I pressed her chilly fingers warmly. I felt very sorry for her. I understood now a great deal in her that had puzzled me before. Her inward restlessness, her want of breeding, her desire to be striking, all became clear to me. I had had a peep into that soul. A secret scourge was always tormenting her, her ignorant self-consciousness struggled in confused alarm, but her whole nature strove towards truth. I understood why this strange little girl attracted me. It was not only by the half-wild charm of her slender body that she attracted me. I liked her soul. Gagin began rummaging among his canvases. I suggested to Asya that she should take a turn with me in the vineyard. She agreed at once, with cheerful and almost humble readiness. We went halfway down the mountain, and sat down on a broad stone. "'And you weren't dull without us?' Asya began. "'And were you dull without me?' I queried. Asya gave me a sidelong look. "'Yes,' she answered. "'Was it nice in the mountains?' she went on at once. "'Were they high ones? Higher than the clouds? Tell me what you saw. You were telling my brother, but I didn't hear anything.' "'It was of your own accord you went away.' I remarked. I went away because— I'm not going away now, she added with a confiding caress in her voice. You were angry today. I? Yes, you. Upon my word, whatever for. I don't know, but you were angry and you went away angry. I was very much vexed that you went away like that, and I'm so glad you came back. And I'm glad I came back, I observed. Asia gave herself a little shrug, as children often do when they are very pleased. "'Oh, I'm good at guessing,' she went on. "'Sometimes, simply from the way Papa coughed, I could tell in the next room whether he was pleased with me or not.' Till that day Asia had never once spoken to me of her father. I was struck by it. "'Were you fond of your father?' I said, and suddenly, to my intense annoyance, I felt I was reddening. She made no answer, and blushed too. We were both silent. In the distance a smoking steamer was scudding along on the Rhine. We began watching it. "'Why don't you tell me about your tour?' Asia murmured. "'Why did you laugh to-day directly you saw me?' I asked. "'I don't know, really. Sometimes I want to cry, but I laugh. You mustn't judge me by what I do. Oh, by the by. What a story that is about the Lorelei! Is that her rock we can see? They say she used to drown everyone, but as soon as she fell in love she threw herself in the water. I like that story. Frau Luise tells me all sorts of stories. Frau Luise has a black cat with yellow eyes." Asia raised her head and shook her curls. "'Ah, I am happy,' she said. At that instant there floated across to us broken, monotonous sounds. 
hundreds of voices in unison and at regular intervals were repeating a chanted litany the crowd of pilgrims moved slowly along the road below with crosses and banners i should like to go with them said Asya, listening to the sounds of the voices gradually growing fainter are you so religious i should like to go away on a pilgrimage on some great exploit she went on as it is the days pass by life passes by and what have we done you are ambitious i observed you want to live to some purpose to leave some trace behind you is that impossible then impossible i was on the point of repeating but i glanced at her bright eyes and only said you can try tell me began Asya after a brief silence during which shadows passed over her face which had already turned pale did you care much for that lady you remember my brother drank her health at the ruins the day after we first knew you i laughed your brother was joking i never cared for any lady at any rate i don't care for one now and what do you like in women she asked throwing back her head with innocent curiosity what a strange question i cried Asya was a little disconcerted i ought not to ask you such a question ought i forgive me i'm used to chattering away about anything that comes into my head that's why i am afraid to speak speak for god's sake don't be afraid i hastened to intervene i'm so glad you're leaving off being shy at last Asya looked down and laughed a soft light-hearted laugh i had never heard such a laugh from her well tell me about something she went on stroking out the skirt of her dress and arranging the folds over her legs as though she were settling herself for a long while tell me or read me something just as you read us do you remember from onyegin she suddenly grew pensive where now is the cross and the branches shade over my poor mother's grave she murmured in a low voice that's not as it is in pushkin i observed but i should like to have been tatyana she went on in the same dreamy tone tell me a story she suddenly added eagerly but i was not in a mood for telling stories i was watching her all bathed in the bright sunshine all peace and gentleness everything was joyously radiant about us below and above us sky earth and waters the very air seemed saturated with brilliant light look how beautiful i said unconsciously sinking my voice yes it is beautiful she answered just as softly not looking at me if only you and i were birds how we would soar how we would fly we'd simply plunge into that blue but we're not birds but we may grow wings i rejoined how so live a little longer and you'll find out there are feelings that lift us above the earth don't trouble yourself you will have wings have you had them how shall i say i think up till now i have never taken flight Asya grew pensive once more i bent a little towards her can you waltz she asked me suddenly yes i answered rather puzzled well come along then come along i'll ask my brother to play us a waltz we'll fancy we are flying that our wings have grown she ran into the house 
I ran after her, and in a few minutes we were turning round and round the narrow little room to the sweet strains of Laner. Asia waltzed splendidly, with enthusiasm. Something soft and womanly suddenly peeped through the childish severity of her profile. Long after my arm kept the feeling of the contact of her soft waist, long after I heard her quickened breathing close to my ear, long after I was haunted by dark, immobile, almost closed eyes in a pale but eager face, framed in by fluttering curls. Part Ten. All that day passed most delightfully. We were as merry as children. Asia was very sweet and simple. Gagin was delighted as he watched her. I went home late. When I got out into the middle of the Rhine, I asked the ferryman to let the boat float down with the current. The old man pulled up his oars, and the majestic river bore us along. As I looked about me, listened, brooded over recollections, I was suddenly aware of a secret restlessness astir in my heart. I lifted my eyes skywards, but there was no peace even in the sky. Studded with stars, it seemed all moving, quivering, twinkling. I bent over to the river, but even there, even in those cold dark depths, the stars were trembling and glimmering. I seemed to feel an exciting quickening of life on all sides, and a sense of alarm rose up within me too. I leaned my elbows on the boat's edge. The whispering of the wind in my ears, the soft gurgling of the water at the rudder, worked on my nerves, and the fresh breath of the river did not cool me. A nightingale was singing on the bank, and stung me with the sweet poison of its notes. Tears rose into my eyes, but they were not the tears of aimless rapture. What I was feeling was not the vague sense I had known of late, of all-embracing desire when the soul expands, resounds, when it feels that it grasps all, loves all. No, it was the thirst for happiness aflame in me. I did not dare yet to call it by its name, but happiness, happiness full and overflowing, that was what I wanted, that was what I pined for. The boat floated on and the old ferryman sat dozing as he leant on his oars. End of section 23